Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Good Tuesday morning. It's Vanessa Denhagarmo here filling in for Teresa Tamio on this November 14th. It's always a pleasure to be with all of you today sitting in our host chair. Many of us were shocked, of course, uh, by the news Saturday morning that Pope Francis had removed Bishop Joseph Strickland as the leader of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. In the days since, there has been much speculation as to the reason for the removal, but no official statement from the Vatican. So it's just that, speculation. So what do we actually know? Well, yesterday, Matthew Bunsen joined El Creston, Creston in the afternoon, and his interview is available in the archives at AveMariaRadio.net. And I encourage you to listen to that. And we continue to pray, right? Um, Matthew Bunsen is the vice president and editorial director of EWTN News. He's the author or co-author of more than 50 books, including the first English language biography of Pope Francis and the Encyclopedia of Catholic History. You could follow him on Twitter at Matt Bunsen. And uh, Register uh, Radio airs Saturdays at 4 p.m. and Sundays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio right here in Detroit. So I really encourage you to listen to that interview and try to get a perspective of what's going on. We don't want to speculate, and we want to continue as Catholics to pray for our Pope you know, and our, our religious leaders in the church uh, and just have these fruitful conversations and, and prayer and ask the Lord to guide us. We have a wonderful show lineup today. I, you know, as if you could figure out, I love books. And so we're talking with, with another author here, Colleen Presprich today, author of the book, The Jesse Tree for Families. It's beautifully Ill- illustrated. It presents a lovely achievable ways for families to celebrate the liturgical season of Advent with their children each day, focusing on a specific person from Jesus' family tree with a meditation for the whole family. It's so beautifully illustrated. Um, there's an ornament to hang on the family's Jesse tree. Conversation starters and resources for parents are included with the goal of helping families grow in faith so that together they can prepare for the arrival of Christmas. So this is a great way to celebrate Advent with the family, engage the whole family, engage your children, um, and, and of course, teaching them about the faith. And, you know, if your children are able to read, you can maybe have them read uh the day, you know, each child take a turn reading a different day and, and uh, learning about the stories of Jesus's family. So uh, we're going to be talking with Colleen Presspitch about that here this morning on Catholic Connection. And then Father Michael Rossman will be joining us, spokesperson for the Cloisters Ignatian Prayer App. And Father Michael Rossman is a Jesuit priest, doctoral student at the Gregorian University of Rome. He's a native of Iowa and a graduate of the University of Notre Dame, Loyola University of Chicago, and Boston College. He was ordained a priest in 2017. He's the author of The Freedom of Missing Out, and he's previously served as the editor-in-chief of the Jesuit Post. And in 2017, he started One Minute Homily, a weekly video reflection, and since then he has continued to produce short but really substantive uh, videos for social media. So we'll be talking with him uh, about um, his uh, uh, Cloistered Ignatian prayer app. So we'll talk with him this morning as well. So we have a uh, 
very packed show here this morning, a lot to talk about, and we're in the Advent season, and this time of the year, um, as we celebrate Advent, we start thinking about the new year, right, and what was what we used to call, I don't call it anymore, New Year's resolutions, uh, because I really focus on goals. Resolutions sometimes kind of set us up for failure. And when you have resolve to do something, people resolve, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to stop smoking. But then they don't put together an actual game plan. And that's why I, as a communications and leadership coach, likes to focus on actual goals that we create. And you have to implement a plan to do so. So you have to have a strategic plan that also includes a calendar, things that you're going to do at certain times to achieve those goals. And so this is a perfect time to take those goals to prayer during the Advent season. Take it to adoration. Ask the Lord to guide you. Lord, you know, what do I need to accomplish in 2024? Where do you want me to see? Uh, where do you want me to grow in my faith? Where do you want me to grow in in terms of getting closer to being the best version of myself. Uh, and that is a focus I have with my clients. Sometimes I'm really focusing on Christian coaching when they seek it out, and I'm happy to do that. Sometimes I'm working with clients in the secular world. I always pray before I coach, whether they want Christian coaching or not, but that's something that I do on on a regular basis. And so, but if they want secular coaching, it's still goal very goal-oriented. And so I focus a lot on communication strategy, leadership, and team building, and I help people figure out, you know, what are their goals? What are they trying to achieve? How are you living in your talents, your God-given talents, and how are you using those talents for the greater good? Uh, you know, and, and for as Christians, we look at it using our talents for the greater good and the glory of God. And, and sometimes with clients, we look at the greater good for the companies, right? What are you doing to, for the greater good of your whole team? And I do really focus on servant leadership. You know, leaders, you know, your goal should be serving your team to be the best versions of themselves, you know, so they can do their jobs. What are you doing to help your team members accomplish their goals? Because when they accomplish their goals, it helps the company as a whole. And so goals are wonderful to set. And you can help your children to get into this habit, this healthy habit. It's good to set goals, but you also have to create habits on a daily, weekly, monthly basis in order to reach those goals. So you need a strategy in place. Uh, what are you going to do at what time? Put things in your calendar. If you want to write a book, well, are you going to write every day at 5 o'clock? You know, when are you going to write? I know authors who've written several books, and when they're setting out to write a book, they set a time. They literally get up a couple hours earlier than they normally would, and they just focus on writing one or two hours in the morning before their workday starts. Or they end their day. I'm not going to, you know, go to bed until I write an hour or write this chapter or write 200. Some people have a, a you know, a number count. I'm going to write 200 words a, a week. I mean, I, I'm sorry, 200 words a day. Um, so you come up with a strategy of what you want to accomplish. If it's weight loss, what are you going to do? When are you going to exercise? When are you going to eat? What are you going to eat? So you put together a plan in place. You know, when am I going to consult with my doctor? Maybe I hire a dietitian. Maybe I work with a trainer. So what are you going to do to achieve those goals? You need a strategy. So during this Advent season, let's take that to prayer with the Lord. Let's ask him to guide us and how, what goals do we need to achieve and how are we going to achieve them? It is eight minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio, and now it's time for the news. 
looking at an overview of forecasts around the country, looking at the Detroit area where I am. It's 54 degrees, a high of 54 degrees in sunny skies. 63 in Cincinnati, uh, sunny skies in Chicago as well with a high of 61. St. Louis, cloudy with a high of 67. Memphis, it's a high of 69 and cloudy skies. New Orleans, rain showers for most of the day, a high of 62. Tampa, there's going to be rain in Tampa and in Miami, but they're going to be in the 80s. And then we look at San Antonio, a high of 71, cloudy skies, El Paso, 70, uh, 67 is the high, 87 in Phoenix and cloudy skies, Los Angeles, mostly cloudy and a high of 80, San Francisco, rain showers are expected all day, Seattle, 50 degrees is the high and partly sunny skies, and we're looking at Boston, a high of 47 and cloudy skies, New York, sunny all day with a high of 53 and sunny in Washington with a high of 59 degrees. Officials in the Gaza City are warning that hospitals are effectively inoperable as fighting between Israeli ground troops and Hamas escalates all around. At the Lourdes Hospital in Gaza, some 3,500 staff, patients, and civilians are stuck inside, surrounded by tanks and troops. President Biden said Monday that hospitals must be protected, and the director of the World Health Organization said the situation is dire. Israel says the hospitals are housing Hamas militants either inside or in tunnels underground. Floridians are making their way to Washington, D.C. today for this afternoon's March for Israel on the National Mall. This is going to be the largest gathering of Jews in Washington since 1987 when we rallied to free Jews in the former Soviet Union. Greater Miami Jewish Federation Jeffs Levine believes about 200,000 could attend with the Miami delegation being nearly 1,000 people alone. They hope to send a message that all hostages being held by Hamas need to be freed and anti-Semitism needs to be fought. Trial resumes today in the case of a man accused of attacking then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer in their San Francisco home. Trey Thomas reports. In federal court on Monday, Paul Pelosi said he remembered members waking up in a pool of blood. David DePap pled not guilty to attacking Pelosi in the couple's home last year. DePap's lawyer says his client was down a conspiracy theory rabbit hole and wanted to harm Nancy Pelosi. President Biden says the nation has one sacred obligation to American veterans. Prayer those we send into harm's way and to care for them and their families when they return home. It's not an obligation based on party or politics, but on a promise. The president spoke during Veterans Day ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery after he laid a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. Biden announced that there will be changes to veterans' health care benefits as well as the creation of a task force designed to protect vets from scams. He said the Veterans Administration will expand health care accessibility for veterans exposed to toxic chemicals. The president also said the VA will expand resources to combat veteran poverty, homelessness, and suicide. The U.S. Supreme Court is adopting Adopting a formal code of ethics, the law professor Charles Jay, who has written extensively on judicial conduct and accountability, explains that the new code can protect both the judges and the public's trust in the court. If a judge misbehaves, I think they've got some answering to do, whereas before they could just sort of shrug it off. Now they've got a code. They've got to answer in the court of public opinion at least. 
The justices say the new code of conduct is an effort to strengthen the public's confidence in the court. Democrats have been pushing for ethics reform following reports of justices taking high-priced trips and other benefits from wealthy donors. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries is suggesting Democrats could support the Republicans' stopgap bill to prevent a government shutdown this Friday. Over this weekend, House Speaker Mike Johnson said uh, laid out a short-term plan to extend government funding through February. On Monday, Jeffrey sent a letter to all House Democrats saying we are carefully evaluating the proposal set forth by Republican leadership and discussing it with members. The House is set to take up Johnson's bill this week. Another county election office in Washington has received a suspicious letter. Brad Ford reports. Thurston County is the sixth election office in Washington to receive a suspicious envelope. The county auditor's office received an envelope containing a white powder. The envelope was isolated and turned over to law enforcement before it could be opened by election staff. It didn't contain a ballot. King, Pierce, Skagit, Spokane, and Snohomish counties all received a similar envelope last week. The envelope sent to King and Spokane counties tested positive for fentanyl. Governor Gavin Newsom says the investigators looking into the 10 freeway fire in Los Angeles finished their preliminary work early and have determined the fire was set with malice intent. That this fire occurred uh, within the fence line of the facility you see behind me, that it was arson and that it was done and set intentionally. The investigation into who is responsible for the arson is ongoing. Some witnesses have already been contacted in an interview, but tips are being directed to a confidential toll-free number. Mayor Karen Bass called the closure a crisis, but said there is no reason to assume that the fire was caused by homeless people living nearby. Thanksgiving travel season starts this Friday. Bree Tennis with some TSA checkpoint help. TSA is prepared for more travelers at airport security checkpoints this year. They'll say a big yes if you're bringing a turkey or ham through the checkpoint, but it's a hard no for gravy, champagne, and cranberry sauce. It's a yes for cake and pie, but no for pudding and mashed potatoes. No matter what you bring or what the TSA website says is allowed, the final decision rests with the TSA officer. So remember, when you're in the queue, bring a smile. It's 13 minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio. When we come back, Colleen Presprich will be joining us, talking with us about the Jesse Tree for Families. We'll be right back after this. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. Remember the time I said on the air, go to confession. And when you're done, go out and have a big ice cream soda. Celebrate. And a man wrote to me, he said, you know, I hadn't gone to confession in 30 years. Do you mind if I went and had a pizza? I said, oh, have 20 pizzas. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. 
Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic Health Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. So we're heading into the Advent season, and a gift that you might consider giving a family who's hosting Thanksgiving is this beautiful book available at the EWTN Religious Catalog, The Jesse Tree for Families, written by Colleen Prespich, and she's with us to talk about this. Colleen, welcome to Catholic Connection. Thank you so much for having me. What a wonderful guide uh, for Advent. So Colleen, tell us what prompted you to write this book, The Jesse Tree for Families. Well, um, so I first discovered the Jesse Tree tradition as an adult, um, as a Montessori teacher. I was looking for things to do with my students during Advent, stumbled across this gorgeous tradition, and absolutely fell in love. Um, fast forward to, you know, a few years later, and I've got my own kids, and we tried many different versions of the Jesse Tree, and I just couldn't find one that I loved. They were mm-hmm. all kind of just lacking in different areas for me. Um, and so then after writing my Marian Consecration for Families with young children, one of the editors over at OSB approached me about this idea of writing a Jesse tree for them. Mm. Um, and I jumped at the chance to kind of yeah. create my own dream Advent tradition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us, for, for our listeners here, what is the Jesse tree? So the Jesse tree comes from a prophecy from the book of, a, of Isaiah, where it says that, you know, a, a, um, a shoot will spring forth from the stump of Jesse. And it's a prophecy that um, speaks to the coming of the Messiah from the lineage of King David. Jesse, who's actually a very obscure biblical figure um, for many of us, is the father of King David. Mm. So the Jesse tree is really just the family tree of Jesus. Mm. It's the telling of the story of salvation history um, through Christ's family. Um, The first Jesse trees, you know, actually show up in art in um, the Middle Ages as a way for um, priests to teach a mostly illiterate population all about salvation history, to tell these Bible stories and to use images to do it. Um, and so you actually see Jesse Tree stained win- glass windows in you know cathedrals and basilicas throughout Europe. Um, there are Jesse Tree carvings. And um, even some illuminated manuscripts. Um, and then kind of over time, it became a tradition to tell the story of the Jesse tree in the days leading up to Christmas. 
So our modern Jesse tree tradition is we say um, we read one reflection a day, and for my book, it's one, um, we meet one member of Jesus's family a day. Mm. And you learn about that one person um, at a moment in time where they encountered God, and then um, the, the other half of the tradition is that you take ornaments and you hang them onto your tree every day, mm-hmm. um, one ornament for each day. So you kind of break this book up into two sections, like that the format of the book is December 1st to the 16th and the December 17th to the 24th, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So how how should families use the book? Walk us through this, Colleen. Like, should they be, you know, are they reading every day and then having a discussion? Walk us through the format itself and how they should use it. Absolutely. Um, so basically the book's format, like you just said, um, expands from December 1st through the 24th, right, ending on Christmas Eve. The first chunk of the book are, just like I explained, we're going to meet a member of Jesus' family um, at a moment in time. Um, there's a short meditation. Um, we're talking, you know, just a couple of paragraphs. Um, and then there are notes for the parents to read either ahead of time or afterwards or if they need it to explain context, to kind of talk about um, how to approach maybe some of the more difficult themes that we see in these stories, right? The story of Abraham and Isaac is is tricky. Jacob is a complicated biblical figure. Um, So I didn't want parents to feel insecure about their own ability to approach these topics with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, for every single day, I have a few conversation starters. Um, these are not mandatory, but these are, you know, things that you can, you know, questions you can ask your kids to keep them thinking, to be able to kind of get a beat on where they are. Um, so for our family, we use them like over dinner, right, mm-hmm. um, or in the car if we're driving somewhere, which, you know, we often are. Um to kind of pull the conversation further. Mm-hmm. So the first chunk of the book is the members of Jesus' family, and then the second half we pivot to the O antiphons, which also come from the book of Isaiah. Um, and the O antiphons are names of Christ, mm-hmm. um, and they're a way to kind of delve into who is this Messiah who is coming, who is who is Christ to us? Um, and they've been used within the Catholic Church, you know, for centuries, um, particularly as part of the Liturgy of the Hours, which are just some of the great prayers of the Church. Mm-hmm. Um, every single day there's an ornament that you can hang on the tree. Um, but if that's too much for your family, and you just want to look at the illustrations and read the text, then brilliant. Um, <laughs> it's not like if you're not, you know, like, this is designed to be open and go. It's designed to be flexible. It's designed to be doable and realistic. So I always encourage families to make it their own in whatever way they need to do to have mm-hmm. it be an achievable tradition. 
So we're talking with Colleen Pressprich and uh, about the book, The Jesse Tree for Families. And when you say there's an ornament, Colleen, are they uh, making the ornament or tell us about the ornament? It's part of the book, right? The ornament is part of the book. So um, I love what OSV has done with this book. Is So there's actually, the book contains two sets of full color ornaments. Mm-hmm. The dust jacket of the book actually unfolds and becomes yes. one set that's um, printed on this really gorgeous thick paper. And then there's a second glossy full cover color set in the back of the book. Um, oh, so you've yes. got two to work okay. with. Yes, I see it so, now. I have the book in front of me. I realize that this is very cool. Yeah. Okay. So you've got a lot of <laughs> options. Um, yeah. You can cut the ornaments out and hole punch them and use them as is. Um, the dust jacket ones are definitely sturdy enough to do that Uh um my what i did was i cut them out and i got like really inexpensive tree slice ornaments like i got mine on amazon you can find them at any hobby store Mm -hmm. um and i um mod podged them with my Mm five-year-old onto the tree slice ornaments and they came out gorgeous and it probably took us 10 minutes Um, wow Amy, Amy Heinze, uh-huh. who's the who's the illustrator, she actually put together a video of three different ways that she used the ornaments. So, like multiple options for like if Mod Podge is just too much for you to even handle, like she found some great like frame ornaments. So cut them out and put them in the frame. You oh, know? that's a good idea. Lo- yeah, right. Like there's yeah. lots of options. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So uh, we're talking with uh, Colleen Presspitch today, the Jesse Tree for Families. We're going to take a break here on Catholic Connection in a second and continue our conversation. And when we come back, Colleen, I want to elaborate a little bit more on the conversation starters that you have in each chapter. These are wonderful ways to engage the family. So we'll be right back after the break, and we'll continue with Colleen Presspitch on the book, The Jesse Tree for Families. Can our society return to sanity? No, not without widespread spiritual revival. I don't see how it can happen. As Richard Weaver said in the classic, Ideas Have Consequences, nothing can be done until we have decided whether we are primarily interested in truth. And that's a capital T. Not my truth, not your truth, but the truth we share of an objective moral universe. And that's where we have to stand firm and insist with all grace and with all love that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he did teach that the truth is good and will set us free. But there's no freedom until we re-embrace some shared understanding of the truth. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. What are atheism and agnosticism? How are they similar, and how do they differ? The Catholic Catechism calls atheism one of the most serious problems of our times. 
In paragraphs 2123 through 2127, the Catechism says, The term covers many very different phenomena, such as practical materialism, which restricts man's needs to space and time. Humanism considers man to be an end to himself and in control of his own history. A third form of atheism is liberation, which seeks to free man through economic and social liberation, claiming that religion by its very nature thwarts man's emancipation by holding that there is an after and better life, thus deceiving man and discouraging man from working for a better life here on earth. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Talking about the Jesse Tree for Families, written by Colleen Presspitch and beautifully illustrated by Amy. Is it Heist, Colleen? Heisey. Heisey, Heisey. It's a really great illustrator. And we were talking about creating these wonderful ornaments with the ornaments in the book. I love what you guys did here. This is so awesome. So you can cut them out and you can you can easily get the uh, uh, the slices and actually glue this with hodgepodge and, and have a fun activity with the family. So you make it very mm-hmm. engaging. And one of the things that you also do in the book that you talked about, but I want to elaborate a little bit, Colleen, is these conversation starters uh, with your children and your family. And I just think this would be a great book to take to a family if you're invited to Thanksgiving dinner and maybe gift this. And and this is an activity you could do with the kids that day, you know what I mean? And get the hodgepodge slicers and, and, and the hodgepodge and the sli- oh, slicer ornaments and do this together as, as a way to engage family on Thanksgiving, Colleen. Yes, absolutely. And it really doesn't take very long and it's not particularly messy. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't require a lot of skill. You know, it's kind of, it's a quick it's a quick feel-good activity. Yes. So and tell us, again, it's okay. doable. <laughs> oh, it is doable, and it's fun, and it's just it's a fun way to engage the kids, and you can read the story. So tell us about the conversation starters. What are you hoping this will, uh, you know, do for the family and the kids? Well, so I know that sometimes it's really tough for parents to kind of open up those space conversations with their mm-hmm. kids. It might feel awkward for us. Um, Some of us weren't, you know, I wasn't raised in a practicing Catholic family. Mm -hmm. Um, My first models of what it meant to be, you know, like a parent who was catechizing within the home came when I was a missionary. And we had families, you know, that we were in community with, and we would go to dinner with them at their house, and we would get to be part of their family prayer. And so that's when I really got to to see what does it look like to talk to your kids about faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my own training as a teacher makes me, I think, much more comfortable than a lot of parents, right, in, <laughs> in talking with kids about complicated topics mm-hmm. or learning how to explain them. So the conversation starters are really meant to be that shallow entry with your kids mm-hmm. to help get your kids open up and also to help parents realize that like it doesn't have to look like school when we talk about faith. So for every for everyone there are like three questions. Um and the idea is is that they're just um they're to get everybody thinking. So for example, um, for David, who is December 11th, the conversation starters are, 
what do you think it feels like to have the Spirit of God rush upon you? Mm. Um, do you think David was surprised when that happened? Mm. And have you ever felt like there was something you wanted to do, but you held back because of what other people might think? Mm. Yeah. So That's... those first two are kind of giving the kids an opportunity to step into the story and to go deeper. You know, it's kind of a, 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 um, a little intro to what Lexio Divina can be like, what Ignatian prayer can be like, right? That like putting ourselves in those shoes and thinking about the stories, not just listening to them. Mm. And then the third one asks them to relate that to themselves. Mm. So right? And to kind it, of go internal. It, 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 what I love about that, too, is that it's also teaching children how to be critical thinkers, which we've lost in this world today, and to think and to ask questions and to go deeper. And, and because we live in a world where, you know, children are being so indoctrinated by ideologies, here we're teaching them to think and to ask questions and ask the Lord to guide them. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And for any parents who are like, whoa, this is new to me, I don't really know how to do this, um, the notes for parents section is there for you. Um, every single day there is a, <clears throat> a page of text that's just for parents, that's just for here are some ways that you can do this. Here mm -hmm. are some ways, you know, that you might want here are some ways to share your own faith story with your kids in a way that is natural and connects to this story mm -hmm. so in your process of writing this how did it help you on your own faith journey what did you learn in the process of writing this oh my gosh i one of the reasons that i love the jesse tree is because even you know even as an adult right like you're engaging with the word of god and the Word of God is a living Word, right? It's meant to speak to our hearts right where we are. Um, so every time I go back to these people, to these stories, I note something new. Um, the two figures that I really most was drawn to in writing this book was Moses um, and Jacob. Um, Moses, because usually, you know, like you... we. We associate Moses with the plagues, with hmm. the parting of the Red Sea, with the, you know, standing up on the, the mountain, you know, of Sinai and getting the Ten Commandments. And he is this larger-than-life, fearless figure. But when we look back towards the beginning of his story, we see a man who was completely separated from this community that he's about to lead. Mm -hmm. A man who really struggled with imposter syndrome. Yeah. A man who, you know, wasn't convinced that he could do it and doubted himself and wanted an out. Um, and I think that, like, I, I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, so this time I was just struck by, you know, Moses' meekness, Moses' humility, um, and then also his willingness to say, okay, God... I don't see how this is going to work. I don't see how the Israelites are going to trust me. I don't see how I can talk to Pharaoh. I stutter. I don't see how you're going to use me 
but I trust you, and I know that you see, you know? So his Mm -hmm. willingness to step out into faith. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other, you know, figure that I really um, wrestled with, which is appropriate, is Jacob, um, who is such a difficult figure in the (laughs) Old Testament. He makes a lot of choices that are just, you know, unethical or immoral or mm-hmm. complicated to talk about with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also so hugely important as a patriarch. Um, but what I noted was, you know, like I, the book, um, this Jesse tree, m- many Jesse trees often use Jacob's ladder to heaven and that vision. And I wanted to use Jacob wrestling with the angel Mm-hmm. Um, because I want kids to see that it's okay to wrestle with God. Yeah. It's okay if everything doesn't come easy for you right away. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you have doubts. It's okay if you have fears. It's okay if you're going to... We gotta let you go, Colleen. But thank you. It's okay, Colleen. Thank you, Pressbridge, with us here. The author of the book, The Jesse Tree for Families, available at EW Tan Religious Catalog, published by Our Sunday Visitor. Stay with us, everyone. We're going to talk with Father Michael Rossman when we return. Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church, we love to be reverent, to Christ present in the Eucharist, to Christ on the cross. But I was also impressed by the reverence of my friends in the Salvation Army. They had a little band, and I used to walk past the band on Sunday morning on my way to church. And I was just a child, but I said, you know, they're trying to pray to God. They're showing reverence to God. All this was reverence. Now what do I see? I hear one irreverence after another. And week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church. No class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. In the midst of our culture today, in this age of relativism, which wants to grant Jesus some significance, but not so much, so we'll give him wise man, great leader, inspiring preacher, great teacher, prophet. You don't get that option when you claim to be God. What reasons do we have to believe that he is who he said he is? And it's important, again, to employ the use of our reason and to understand that faith is not blind. My faith, and please God, the faith of everyone here, is not blind. It rests on something. It rests on a number of things, not least of which is my own experience of God, but it also has something substantial which can be claimed through history. We're not talking about a galaxy long, long ago, far, far away, when we talk about Jesus. We're talking about a precise moment in history which has been testified to by countless testimonies, and you and I have access to them.
Joining us now is Father Michael Rossman, spokesperson for the Cloistered Ignatian Prayer app, and we're talking with him here today as we're heading into the Advent season. And everything going on today, Father, I can't think of a more important topic to talk about than prayer and the need for prayer in the world in which we live in today. Thank you for joining us here on Catholic Connection. It's great to be with you. And of course, prayer is always relevant, but I think you're exactly right that at this time we need it more than ever. So give us an overview of this uh, Cloistered Ignatian prayer app. Like what, what does it entail and, you know, the value of it for our listeners today to engage in this prayer app? Yeah, so the, the Cloisters Ignatian prayer is a digital retreat. It leads someone through the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola on one's own time. So St. Ignatius was just a spiritual master who developed this method for retreats that is not only relevant for Jesuits, but really it is a gift for the Church. And the Cloister's Ignatian prayer is a really innovative approach that makes the spiritual exercises, which oftentimes one may need to go to a retreat center, which is not accessible for everyone, but through using uh, digital technology, one is able to do the spiritual exercises on one's own time and at one's own pace, you know, from the comfort of home whenever someone has some quiet time for prayer. Mm-hmm. These tools, I, Father Michael Rossman, are so important because often people will say, I don't even know how to pray. And so here's a guide exactly. to help them do just that. Can you, can you speak to that about when people feel like, I, I don't even know how to pray. I don't, know, I don't even know what that looks like. Definitely. I have heard that from so many people that, okay, I know that I should pray or I want to pray, but I don't know where to begin. I think that's another great advantage of the Cloister's Ignatian Prayer, in that one is really kind of walked through this whole process. The website and accompanying app are divided into 11 different sections. Each section has a video of about 25 or 30 minutes. Again, one can watch it at one's own pace whenever it is convenient for him or her. And then after each video, there is a series of scripture passages that are recommended to pray with, and then reflection questions as well. Additionally, there is a really deep library of additional resources, talks that one can listen to, remastered uh, videos of uh, Fulton Sheen, for example, or some additional uh, prayer videos that one can, can watch and kind of meditatively um, pray with. It does kind of walk the user through this whole process, though at the same time it can be uh, very helpful for someone who perhaps has more experience making retreats or maybe even experience with the spiritual exercises. A Jesuit every year makes an annual retreat, and I actually just finished my annual retreat, and I used the Cloister's Ignatian Prayer as a guide, um, again, to kind of walk me through the different movements of these spiritual exercises, even though I've done this every year uh, since, mm-hmm. I, since I joined the Jesuits. It was really helpful to listen to a variety of different kind of experienced voices, retreat directors, spiritual directors, who just bring such a wealth of experience and who bring different perspectives to the person 
going through this retreat experience. Again, whether that person is a rookie or someone who has been through this uh, a time or two before. So, Father Michael Rossman, is the Cloistered uh, Ignatius Prayer uh, on the website, so cloistersignatianprayer.org, uh, the same as the app? Will you get the same thing? You get the same content in both places. Okay. Exactly. So one could go to cloistersignationprayer.org or search for Cloisters Ignatian Prayer in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Okay. You know, use uh, the content in both places, whatever is most convenient for the user. So let me ask you this. Is, is it designed, Father, to, uh, to engage in these prayers um, as a group, as a family, maybe a Bible study, maybe you're part of a women's group? I mean, is this, can this be done together and have these reflections and conversations together? I think uh, a group setting as well. Uh, certainly in my own experience of doing uh, retreats, it's really helpful to kind of experience with not only a spiritual director, but with others who have um, participated uh, in, uh, in this as well. But at the same time, too, especially if someone um, registers for the Cloister's Ignatian Prayer, you know, uh, he or she could uh, watch a, a video, certainly, with uh, a family member. Uh, I think that would be very, very possible, while at the same time, you know, in, individuals could have their own prayer experiences and then perhaps come back together to share the fruit of their prayer. So, you know, Father, how does this, th- I know you you mentioned it, but just can you elaborate a little di- more on how uh, this form of prayer, the Ignatian prayer, maybe yeah. differs than other kinds of prayer. Absolutely. So I'd say one of the great gifts of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius is that it is a form of retreat or a form of prayer in one's daily life that really facilitates a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. At the center of this form of prayer is what is oftentimes called Ignatian contemplation, whereby one uses his or her senses to try to place oneself in gospel scenes, to imagine what it was like to you know, be there um, at the baptism of Jesus, or be there uh, at uh, the Nativity, for example. These are just a few examples. And really this form of prayer that one has walked through, through this website or through this app, really powerful because, you know, for so many of us, we have grown up with these uh, biblical stories, but kind of being guided in this manner of prayer, whereby we can kind of enter into the gospel scenes, we might discover just a, a new and profound connection with Jesus Christ. We're going to take a break, but we're going to continue our conversation with Father Michael Rossman. Um, But before we take a break, Andrew's going to play a quick clip about the Ignatian prayer right now. So, Andrew, go ahead. The world can be filled with chaos and uncertainty, but now there's a way to find some much-needed solace using time-honored prayer methods to achieve a richer, more meaningful life. Introducing the Cloister's Ignatian Prayer. We've taken the life-changing teachings forged in the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius and created a mobile app that provides step-by-step guidance to embark on your own spiritual journey. You'll have access to hours of inspirational videos, 
with hundreds of meditations, contemplations, and healing lessons that you can experience anywhere on your own time at your own pace. To help attain what we all long for, courage, hope, love, and a closer connection with God. The Cloister's Ignatian Prayer, a personal spiritual experience for all faiths. Visit our website or download the app now to begin your virtual journey. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish. And we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. We're definitely not short of resources to help us grow in our faith. And the Cloisters Ignatian Prayer.org and the app is just one of the many examples where we can be guided into uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And talking with us about that is Father Michael Rossman here on Catholic Connection. And, and Father, you know, this is just another example that you know, this is a guide. This is to help us to grow in faith, to help us grow closer to Christ. And, you know, I was telling you uh, during the break that I had lunch with a friend of mine, longtime friend. I've known her for a long time. And, you know, she sways left of center. I sway right of center. We don't agree politically on all issues. But one thing that we do agree on is that we are living in this chaotic world, this canceled culture, this anti-Christian world, because so many of us have moved away from God. We both agreed on that. And and so can you speak to us about why, when we look at what's going on in the world, the importance of starting with ourselves in prayer, you know, with the cloistered Ignatian prayer uh, to help guide us? Yes, exactly. So, you know, each one of us has, you know, a, a God-shaped hole, and mm-hmm. uh, some people try to fill it in all sorts of other ways, but if we try to fill it with something that is not God, 
ultimately it will not be satisfying and uh, I don't think we will you know, really have peace of mind, peace in our souls and so forth. Uh, we really need to continually be nourished by prayer, by the sacraments, by you know, kind of the, the wisdom and the beauty of the Church. And so the Cloister Signation Prayer is, as you said, one of many uh, different resources that uh, really are at our fingertips uh, today, because while we can certainly see so much craziness in our world, uh, we also do have tremendous opportunities for uh, being able to, to take those steps to be spiritually nourished. Mm-hmm. And Father, uh, before uh, you started talking about the org, you actually started a, a one-minute homily, a weekly video reflection. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this was back in 2017, right around the same time that I was ordained a priest. I had been involved in uh, media for, for quite some time, mostly writing or uh, editing articles. I was in charge of this, um, this media project, the Jesuit Post it's called. But I was noticing how there was a significant movement in the direction of video in um, kind of our online habits. And I wanted to try to speak in that space. And I was also a brand new priest, and so I was, you know, mm-hmm. preparing homilies every weekend. And so I thought, why don't I try to, you know, kill a couple birds with one stone and try to offer uh, video reflections uh, each Sunday based on the Sunday readings, particularly because I know that people are like myself and we have limited attention spans and limited time and so forth. So I tr- wanted to offer something of substance that was still rather brief and accessible. Mm-hmm. This well, one-minute homily project continues, and yeah. uh, I, it's been uh, taken over by some some younger Jesuits information, but I continue to uh, offer an additional weekly video series. How, how can we listen to those or watch those? Yeah, so one could just search for One Minute Homily, or my own video series is called uh, One Minute Jesuit, or one can very easily find me uh, online. My name is Father Michael Rossman, Rossman SJ, tends to be my uh, social media handle, and I post these videos on the various uh, platforms, YouTube and Instagram and so forth. Uh, So it's pretty easy to find, and uh, yeah, I would love to... Uh, continue to, to welcome new viewers and listeners and so forth into this project. You know, it's interesting because a recent study uh, said that uh, the average American has uh, an attention span less than a goldfish today, be- <laughs> attributed to. crazy? Attributed to technology. So, uh, so that's wonderful. One minute homilies. What else do you want to share with our listeners here on Catholic Connection, uh, Father? Before we let you go, what else do you want? What what other words of wisdom do you want to share with us, or about the faith and prayer? Yeah, you know, especially as we're kind of talking about prayer and specifically prayer in the Ignatian tradition, I really would encourage people, you know, in the ways that they can to okay to make some time each day uh, for prayer, and then if you can as well, to carve out some space in an intentional way to to go a little deeper. That might be, you know, trying to go to a retreat in person. So I've given some of these um, retreats at 
Cloisters on the Platte, this wonderful retreat center in Nebraska, but certainly there are other retreat centers as well uh, around the country. Or if that might not be possible, doing something like, uh, you know, an online retreat using a resource like Cloister Signation Prayer, for example, that enables you to, again, really encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that we all could benefit from spending more time with the Lord. Amen. Father Michael Rossman, thank you so much for joining us here on Catholic Connection. You're most welcome. It's great to be with you. Again, uh, check out the cloisteredignationprayer.org. They also have an app, cloisteredignationprayer.org. We are not short of resources to help guide us on our faithful journey, to grow closer to Christ, to grow in faith, to understand where the Lord is leading us. And these, uh, this prayer app that's available, this website, cloisteredignationprayer.org, it's just one of the many resources available, including the resources at EWTN. Thank you, Father Michael Rossman for being with us today about the cloistered Ignatian prayer and Colleen Prestrich on her wonderful book, The Jesse Tree for Families. I'll be back in Teresa's host chair here on Catholic Connection tomorrow morning. Have a very blessed day. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.